1: Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio, one hundred two point seven FM and eleven sixty AM.
0: Welcome back to Inside Sources. Uh, I am Amy Donaldson, alongside my yeah friend. Steve Hamby. Yeah, right here. We've uh ate a couple bites of pizza and we're ready to roll now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had our lunch break yeah,
1: re-energized <laughs>
0: speaking, um, of energy, speaking
1: of energy no.
0: yeah yeah um but first i want to if you want to be part of this conversation please please join us on the utah community credit union text line your comments uh to just text them to us at five seven five zero zero uh thank you to somebody who let us know that there is an impossible burger 2.0 at burger king oh. and it's way better than the 1.0 oh, okay. so there's something to aspire to also, Steve, <laughs> be more forgiving and eat less meat, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and then also you can call us, leave us a, a voicemail. We might read it on air. Uh, the call-in number is 801-575-7668. And that's 801-575-7668. I know when I'm listening, I always hate it when the numbers go so fast. i mean, I'm like, wait, wait. Uh, but anyway, please join us. Be part of the conversation. I'm very excited about the next two segments. We're going to talk with John Cox. He's the vice president of government relations for Mountain Power, and we're going to talk about... Um a renewable energy, uh, are you calling it an initiative or is this just a new effort? What do, you, what's, what do we call this?
2: Yeah, th- thanks for having me here today, Amy and Stephen. Uh, so the announcement that was made yesterday was uh, part of what we call our integrated resource plan. So we do it every two years yeah. and uh, we submit it to the various states in which we operate. And uh, it, it essentially is a 20-year forward-looking plan on what type of demand we would have for electricity and how we would meet that demand uh, for our customers. And so in this particular case... Uh, It shows, you know, specific types of energy coming offline and then what we would replace that with uh, moving forward again, looking at those those next 20 years.
0: And one of the interesting things was what's going to happen to coal?
2: Yeah, no, I I think that's a big piece of the story because uh, what what you'll see in that plan is a a significant amount of coal, uh, in this case about 3,000 megawatts, coming offline by 2030. Uh, That's just a a tremendous amount. Uh, That that amounts to about 16 of our 24 coal units uh, in our system. Uh, And what replaces it uh, in this particular case would be a significant amount of new winds. Uh, new solar uh, and, and coupling that solar with some battery technology, which we're very excited about. We've not done that uh, at scale to date, and uh, we're, we're excited about that opportunity to essentially extend the reach of uh, renewable energy. As, as you both know, uh, renewable energy, it's intermittent. It comes and goes. You know, when the sun shines, when the wind blows, it, it works, uh, but, but that's not 24-7. So, so how do you handle that? Uh, we're excited about this battery technology to help us extend, in particular, the reach of solar uh, here in Utah.
1: Yeah, and and John, uh, terrific having you here. I, I, as we were thinking about the segments today, and I, I was, you and I were together yesterday with, with your president and CEO, of Rocky Mountain Power, Gary Hogaveen, and we, you and I, have worked together on uh, some legislative things. We served in the House together. You had one term, and then went to the governor's office, and now at Rocky Mountain Power. So you uh, you uh, have had a, a terrific uh, career here, and uh, lots of lots of good things. But anyway, we were up yesterday at uh, in Park City at it was called Mountain Towns Twenty Thirty. And we were explaining the bill that we had worked on together that I had sponsored that you were so helpful on, HB 411, the Community Renewable Energy Act, that Salt Lake City, Park City, and uh, and Unincorporated uh, an Summit County are behind. This allows these communities to move towards in a, in a remarkable partnership with Rocky Mountain Power that is a that is a the, the the whole nation has had their eye on this as you know I went to the Washington the US Department of Energy and presented this back there because it's so groundbreaking working with the utility who has all of the infrastructure and anyway these communities are moving to a net 100% which means they will have to have as you were explaining this base load of thermal generation power when the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine. But now Rocky Mountain Power comes and makes this remarkable announcement out of your RIP tomorrow, as you've been working on this for a number of years, to uh, to really move to this 60% by, is it by 2030? Yeah, and, and, and it, it, I know it's done in tranches to 2025 and everything like that. You're going to explain that more, but this is really quite remarkable. So when he announced this yesterday, there were probably 200 people in the auditorium and it was a... Cheering and standing, standing ovation. It really demonstrates sustainability, but it also is this issue that you're, that we want you to talk about. The lowest cost... Uh, you know, most practical way for your customers, for we customers, yeah, and, and that, that's what the RP focuses yeah. on is is a,
2: yeah. what we call the lowest cost, least risk analysis. Yeah. And so, we are trying to find out, you know, how can we serve our customers as affordably as possible. We're very fortunate here in the state of Utah uh, to have some of the lowest electricity rates in the nation. Uh, but, but I think what's interesting is historically, uh, what you've seen in that analysis is uh, different types of fuel sources. You've not seen wind and right. solar be the lowest cost resource uh, in, in, in this case uh, in, in the report that we. <laughs> released yesterday, that's, that's changed uh, and, and, and in a significant magnitude, so I'll, I'll give you some examples here. So uh, the, the report calls for 3,000 new megawatts of, of solar coming of solar. online mm-hmm. uh, by 2025, mm-hmm. uh, 3,500 megawatts of, of new winds uh, in that same time frame. To give you some comparison on what that looks like, uh, in the entire state of Utah today, there's approximately 300 megawatts of rooftop solar. So, you know, do the math there. This is 10 times that amount of new solar uh, and even more than 10 times uh, that same amount of, of wind. Let, let me just talk about those two together, solar and wind. Uh, they, they actually work quite well together. Um, they, they don't get us to 100%. You can't have it on uh, right. your electricity on, on all the time with those exactly. two. But the sun, as, as we all know, you know, burns burns bright in the middle of the day. And so, therefore, solar power is great in the middle of the day. Wind actually isn't all that great in the middle of the day. Uh, it tends to pick up later in the day, uh, into the evening, which uh, also is our, our peak electricity demand. So customers, yourself, uh, myself, we tend to use more electricity um, about 5, 6 Um, p.m. Getting home from work. Getting home from work. You're cranking up the AC. Uh, But that's actually not when solar uh, is most abundant. In fact, it's just coming offline. It comes offline quite quite steeply. Uh, Wind can help balance that out, but also that battery technology. The reason we're pairing it specifically with solar is I can keep that solar from the middle of the day, push it out an extra couple hours uh, at the time that I need it most. Uh, And again, that benefits our customers. It, it makes it the, the, the
1: lowest cost resource. Well, what's remarkable to me, and I heard this last night, and you know I was at, in my city of Leighton City, and we were talking about these topics, and one of your, your coworkers and executive, George Humbert, was there. And he made a, something, a, a statement that I hadn't heard before. So in Rocky Mountain Power's footprint, you, you, you're producing about 14,000 megawatts. He said as this grows and takes off and as you achieve the goal here that you've stated, it's, it'll be about one-half
2: yeah, we're talking about seven thousand new megawatts
1: by twenty twenty five. Yeah. So, so it's what half of your portfolio.
2: Yeah, and, and when we That's talk about matter. when we talk about these things too, it's it's yeah. helpful. There's it gets a little wonky, yeah, uh, but but some of it is sort of nameplate capacity, how much you could produce if it was the mm-hmm. brightest day in the middle of the day mm-hmm. versus what it actually produces. Mm-hmm. So there's some nuance there, but, but 7,000 megawatts, I mean, this is massive. This is by massive. far the, the biggest announcement yeah. uh, for clean energy in Utah's history, and it's not even close.
1: It's not even close. No, and that's why it was so important, even though they had, had this, run the news cycle. When I had this opportunity to come on with Amy today that said, we have got to have you on to talk about this a little more in depth. So does that stimulate some questions, Amy? So I'm going
0: to actually, we're keeping you here for a second segment. And so I have some questions for you from the uninformed, (laughs) just from a regular user sort of standpoint. Perfect. So um, thanks for coming, hang with us. Uh, You're listening to Inside Sources.